After escaping from the depths of hell, our boys finally meet up with everybody's favorite white trash hero, Joe Dirt. This is Truly Happily Madison. Hello! Welcome back! Episode 3! Oh my goodness. It's absolutely flown by, hasn't it? It's, oh, I tell you what, if, if you're watching along, you, you wouldn't know where you were. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you wouldn't know where, yeah, we've been in hell, and now we're in a different sort of hell. But we'll get onto that later. <laughs> Guys, this is Truly Happily Madison. Each week, your hosts Jack Gregson and Josh Pappenheim discuss the entire filmography of Happy Madison Productions, from 1999 to current day. Yeah. I'm Jack Gregson. And I'm Josh Pappenheim. And Josh, we're talking about something this week. Uh, we're definitely, um, yeah, it is something in that it was a film that went on for 92 minutes. Uh, that's all I can really say about it. So end the podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> that's right, gang. We are talking about, well, we're finally, we're using the spade. <laughs> We're finally using the spade, and we're digging down, and we're digging our own graves. We're, we're, we're taking the spade, and we're digging up some dirt. <sighs> Still very fucking annoyed they didn't use that on the poster, to be honest. <laughs> do, you think, do you honestly think that that's why it's called Joe Dirt, because his name is David Spade? We're talking about Joe Dirt. We're talking about Joe Dirt. Um, oh, I don't know, but they're... Oh. I mean, they must know, because one of the major catchphrases from the film is something like, I'm Joe Dirt. <laughs> he <laughs> says that one. several times. <laughs> that's one. What was the other one? Oh, life's a garden. Dig it. So that's another spade reference. I don't understand what they're doing. Josh, before, before we get into uh, the show proper, was this your first experience with the dirt? Yeah, this was my first dirty viewing. This was my first dirty protest. And I protested mightily dirtily during this film. Um, yeah, no, I'd never seen it. I'd heard of it. I'm not sure if that's just because of you or maybe, I don't know. Well, we'll get onto this, but it seems like universally loved by a very specific set of people. <laughs> and maybe that's how I heard about it, but who knows? How about you? This is also my first time digging into the dirt. A dirty uh, virgin. I'm a dirty virgin. Uh... <laughs> No more. <laughs> You've been deflowered by the spade. <laughs> no, yeah, this was the first time I've seen Joe Dirt. My my memory of Joe Dirt is I was in a blockbuster video with my mum, and I remember her picking up that film and suggesting maybe it's something I would enjoy. She knew you well, man. <laughs> she knew you real well. Do you think this is a film that you would have loved when you were a child? Um, I think it's something I would have tolerated. <laughs> That's the best you can ask for, really. Yeah. I would have tolerated it more than I tolerate it now. Yeah. Well, we'll get on to our... I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb and I'm going to assume mutual intolerance of this film. But um, in case you can't tell, listeners, I really fucking hated this film. <laughs> like, with every fibre of my being. Well, that being said, would you like to give us a plot synopsis? Fucking hell. Man. Of Joe Dirt. Um, yeah, based on last week, I'm going to try and do this with a timer. <laughs> so that I don't have to... A, it's nice for you, the listeners, and B, so I don't have to spend any longer than necessary talking about this film. Like, the, the ins and outs of this film. 
So um, I'm going to give myself... I'm excited to talk about this film. It's shit, but I want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. I guess I just don't want to... Well, no, I do want to talk about what's happening. There are things I want to say. There are things that need to be said. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Although maybe it's like, whereof one cannot speak, therefore someone should not speak. You know, that quote, that kind of thing. And this is an unknowable horror, this film, in my opinion. But, um... Give us a plot synopsis. I'll do a plot synopsis. (laughs) I'm going to do it in 60 seconds, hopefully, listeners. Um, Starting in three, two, one. So Joda is a boy. He's born without the top part of his skull. And so his dad or his parents make the insane decision to put a wig on his head that then fuses with the skull. That's good. Um, Years later, he's grown up and he's working as a janitor in a radio station where everyone is just needlessly horrible to him, at which point he gets dragged into the studio and told to recount his life story um, to a shock jock who relentlessly takes the piss out of him. And over the course of this story, it's revealed that his parents left him at the Grand Canyon. He then became homeless. He moved. He met this girl called Brandy, who he fell in love with, who obviously loved him, but he had no idea. There's a dog who gets its balls touched to a porch. That's horrible. Um, He's still looking for his parents. He gets loads of shit jobs. He gets a nice car. He gets a bad car. He meets a guy, a Native American guy. He blows them up in a nuclear explosion, but it's not real. And then in the end, he uh, finds his parents and realizes that the real family was the friends he made along the way. And that is (laughs) (laughs) $59.99. Worth every penny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm also got... Christopher Walken's there. I mean, we'll get to that. <laughs> so yeah, Joe Dirt was directed by Denny Gordon of uh, What a Girl Wants and New York Minute fame. Mm. So, have you seen New York Minute? No. I just know that song, but I don't know the film. I don't know the song. In a New York Minute. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that last bit was very out of key, but it's fine. It's fine, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> that that's the yeah there we go new york minute is the only theatrically released mary kate and ashley olsen movie oh interesting where they play identical twins parent trap who go to new york but one of them's like truant and eugene levy is tracking them down as the truancy officer i mean that sounds like a better film I've seen it twice, it's great. Good. <laughs> uh, also di- she also directed What a Girl Wants, which is fun Amanda Bynes fun. My friend Emma Pegum's favourite movie, What a Girl Wants. Oh, really? Again, <laughs> one I haven't seen. Um, I had no idea the director of this was a woman. <laughs> I had no idea! You didn't get that feminine touch? Oh, no. I mean, well, uh, for the usual early Happy Madison reasons, I just assumed it was directed by a dirtbag man, but... <laughs> Fucking hell. I think this is the only Happy Madison film directed by a woman. Strange. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll get into that more with the only female-led Happy Madison movie yes. when we get to it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so the film stars David Spade as the titular dirty man, Brittany Daniel, Dennis Miller, Kid Rock, and as mentioned, Christopher Walken. It was released on the 11th of April 2001, uh, made on a budget of $17.7 million, and made $27.1 million in the US, with a worldwide total of $30 million. 
So I just want to like put you in the 2001 headspace. Yes, please. Other comedies from around then were like Zoolander, Legally yeah. Blonde, and reviled comedy, but definitely I'd say better than this, Freddy Got Fingered. Oh, I love Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> It's so much fun. I fuck. I really wish we'd watched Freddy Got Fingered. I really wish Adam Sandler had had the vision of financing Freddy Got Fingered. Isn't it weird that Freddy Got Fingered was really hated, and this sort of slid by? <laughs> I reckon it probably took all of the flack. Like, Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> Uh, searching for treasure in the shower, licking somebody's open, broken leg wound. I'm a farmer! I'm a farmer, daddy! I'm a <laughs> oh, farmer! <yes. laughs> Wanking off a horse. I love it. It's great fun. It's a great film. <laughs> I went to see Tom Green do stand-up once. How was that? It was quite sad. <laughs> I wouldn't expect it to be anything else, to be honest. No, it was... Because I, I, I um, for listeners who are unaware, I'm a bit of an MTV aficionado, especially on non-music-based programming. Loves Geordie Shaw. <laughs> Loves Geordie Shaw. So Tom Green's very much in my wheelhouse, so when I went to see him, I was excited. But it was quite sad because... You had a quite drunk audience yelling at him. He was clearly trying to do something a bit new, something a bit trying to break away from who he's been. Yeah. And they kept yelling at him to do like his old bits, like sing the Bum Bum song and <laughs> sing Tiny Salmon from Road Trip. Well, that's the thing. If you've had... And he caved. Oh, no. He caved and he did it. And the audience then was on his side, but it was really sad. It's like that time when Ricky Gervais did the office dance. Uh, um... Live Aid? Yeah, but it was like Live Eight. Oh, Live Eight. You remember that? Yeah, no, I do remember that. And then he came out to like introduce something, and I think like people just started yelling, like, do the dance! And he did it, and it was horrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, that does sound pretty awful. Well, that's the thing. That's the price of fame, isn't it? If you write something as genius as the Bum Bum song or Tiny Salmon from Road Trip or Joe Dirt, then people are going to want you to uh, want you to do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Which would explain Joe Dirt too. Oh, don't talk to me about that dwarf. Um, so do you want to know what this opened against at the at the box office? Yes, please. So this opened at number four. No, it's too high. That's <laughs> too high. Well, I'll get to why it's too high in a minute. But it opened behind Spy Kids in its third week. Yeah. It opened behind Along Came a Spider in its Ooh, second week. Spooky. Yeah, Ashley Judd. She's in that, right? Morgan Freeman? Yeah, I think both of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also new release that week. Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, the first one. That's such that's a At much number better three. film also. Well it did better. It did better than than uh Joe Dirt. Jonathan Dirty. But my real sadness comes from it being released uh the same week as Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, your favourite film. Which came in at I believe seventh place. I'd like to say... I love Josie and the Pussycats. I know you do. It's really funny. Is it as funny as Joe Dirt, though? Yeah. No. More. <laughs> it's got that jokes. Means... Oddly enough, though, they both have one thing in common, apart from their shared release date. The main character's first name begins with a J. 
two things in common. <laughs> uh, they both feature cameos from Carson Daly. Oh, wow. MTV fans represent. He had a big year. <laughs> or a big week, even. He had a big week. Big week of two films that could be described as underperforming. <laughs> I wonder if it was the Carson factor. I do think it's funny that this film only made 2.9 million overseas, because my, my first note for the film, I think I made this two minutes in, was just, I don't think this film was made with a British audience in mind. Absolutely not. It is incomprehensible at points. This is, this is my big problem with this film, is that it just doesn't feel like a film. No. It's just a series of sketches, but... None of them are very funny or have None of them are good. Have any sort of fluidity to them. No, it doesn't feel like a film. It feels like some sort of abstract Brechtian torture device <laughs> of just alienating well, alienating me, at least, in every conceivable way. What were you expecting from this when you were going into it? You know what? I, I I was thinking about this. I thought it would be bad, but I would find things in it that would be funny either unintentionally or just like really childishly juice bigelow situation yeah a juice bigelow or or even like a well we'll get to it a grown-ups two situation where like all of it is fucking awful but there are real moments of just like insanity that are quite funny on the face of it that you know you get you push through and you get into the mindset of the film and the characters and then by the end of it you're like oh okay there are some vaguely funny things or there are just weird things happening that you're like, you know, you can laugh at it in a meta way. But this is just so devoid <laughs> of anything. It's like a real vacuum of of content, of style, of substance, everything. Yeah, because you're you um you're not a Spade fan. No, I hate him. I really, <laughs> I really hate him. I don't think proper growl tiger on that. <laughs> I am very. I watched Cats the other night. That was more fun than this. I laughed more. It was my third viewing. Maybe my fourth at this point. I would watch Cats again over watching this again. Oh, 100%. What did you think? What? Yeah, what were your expectations? Well, so I... I Spade is an interesting... I love Tommy Boy. I think Tommy Boy is a hilarious film. Oh, you've said. But Spade sort of only works, I think as a supporting character and preferably as an unlikable character not that he not that he's likable in this we'll get to this well actually i'll bring this up now in the press notes for the film spade described joe Durr as being the first time he's been able to play a likable character <laughs> oh my god oh <laughs> actually to be fair so i've i there's something that we're going to... I hate to keep doing this, but there's something we're going to discuss later about a certain casting issue. And in, in searching that up, I came across tvtropes.org and went on uh, the trivia for Joe Dirt, and it says, Playing against type, David Spade playing the nice guy for once. Prior to this role, he was known mainly for playing smug, sarcastic male secretary types. Which is actually what he's really good at. Yeah. Well, I, I say that. I hate him. I wouldn't think he's good in anything. <laughs> he so. is good at being... He's the snotty guy. He's he's the he's the guy who should be telling you not to... Have, he is like shit Kevin Bacon. 
Oh, God, he makes so much sense now. <laughs> um, shit, 80s Kevin Bacon. Yes, yes, good. Not in Footloose, but, like, I'm just thinking of Kevin Bacon in his non-speaking role in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where he steals the cab. And uh, that is that is perfect David Spade sort of territory. Uh, and he was good on Saturday Night Live. He was funny. He definitely has an ability to be funny. The problem of him saying that this is the first time I've played a likable character, he might not be an asshole, but he's definitely not likable. No. I don't like anything about Joe Dirt. I don't root for Joe Dirt while watching this movie. No, all I get is neutrality at best and outright malice at worst. And you and you know what I think he's going. I can see. I think I think this film works. Uh, as like a really shit Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that this is, they're definitely trying for a sort of Forrest Gump, like... It's the same uh, framing. It's him telling his story to someone else. Yeah. Before realising that he loved the girl all along. It's the same, it's Forrest Gump, it's far, It is very Forrest Gump. It's, it's Forrest Gump if he wasn't handicapped, instead he was just white trash. Yeah, true. And had a wig fused to his skull. That's really weird. Why That's did they do that? Such a really strange running joke. Joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a joke. It's a joke. Is it? But it's, it's never played for laughs. It's oddly played for sympathy. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's meant to be his whatever Forrest Gump has. But his hair, I think, is supposed to be funny. Yeah. Like, just the mullet itself is supposed to be funny. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, there's that. And then skipping to the end when they give him... Um, I don't even know what you call that. It's like a tight cornrow situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, they get, the when, they, when they essentially white raster him. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they bristle him. Yeah. They white dreads him. Yes. And it's uh, incredibly terrible. It's a very, very strange movie. Which, unfortunately, dear listeners, I don't have many notes. How many times did you laugh? I did laugh. No. I laughed at one joke. And it wasn't oh a full laugh, but it was a half laugh. Um, I want to praise you this one. Oh, no, actually, there's two, no, there's two half laughs, which Jesus would be equal Christ. to a full laugh. Okay, I want to praise you this with, uh, obviously, well, not maybe not obviously, because, you know, I have laughed at worse things than this, and I love cats. Uh, I laughed precisely zero times during this film, and in fact, just got sadder and sadder to the point that after this, I had to go for a little walk and think about what I was doing with my life. Um, shall, I, shall I tell you my two laughs? Please do. Um, yeah, I will not judge you. <laughs> uh, near the end of the film, Joe is working alongside a woman at a sort of crocodile place. Yeah. <laughs> Alligators. Alligators. And he asks the girl, are your mum and dad still alive? She goes, no. Did they die? Which I thought was just a sort of <laughs> really dumb line. You know what? It's funnier when you said it. Because I cracked a smile there. <laughs> your delivery is way better than Spade's. He oh, did throw it away, you. but I was kind of like, oh, that's fun. That's a silly line. It's a good line. Just done poorly. Similar... It's a very similar joke that I laughed at. Maybe this is just the type, my type of humour. But early on in the film, he's trying to buy a car from an old lady who mentions that her husband died, and he says, I'm sorry, and then she goes, it's okay, I killed him. Okay. <laughs> Which I, again, thought was quite funny. Again, yeah, again, 
better when you said it. <laughs> I did also laugh at the prosthetic of the dog's nuts being... Not laugh, but smiled at the prosthetic of the dog's nuts being stuck to the uh, porch. Just because it was... Oh, look! Effects! <laughs> Dog balls. Yeah, no, I just found that... Yeah. I mean, well, this seems like a perfect segue into going through, like, standout... A, a brief summary of standout moments from the film. Before, and I we, get say... brief, before we get to that, I, I want to wrap up on Spade. Oh, yeah, go on, yeah. Because I... This film and the other two we have covered so far, I think, build kind of what I would say is the Happy Madison loser trilogy. Yeah. It's, you know, Deuce is a loser. Yeah. Nikki's a loser. Yeah. And Joe's a loser. Yeah. And I must say, I don't know how much comedy can be squeezed from those characters. <laughs> No, it's very true. I mean, I mean, there can't like we both of us watched Hubie Halloween this week, and he's a loser. And there is comedy to be found in Hubie Halloween. I mean, spoilers for next year, but I really enjoyed Hubie Halloween. You might not enjoy it next year. You don't. <laughs> That's it true. Year. Let's. Uh... It might have been just because uh, I just watched Little Nicky, which I thought was terrible. It is better than Little Nicky. It's way better. But yeah, so that's I. I just wanted to sort of like because actually next week we're going to be talking about the animal, and I can assure you, Marvin Mange is a loser as well. I mean, it's the trope, isn't it? It's the Adam Sandler trope. But Adam like, Sandler kind of stops playing losers. Uh, apart from Hubie Halloween. <laughs> apart from Hubie Halloween, but if we, when we're looking at what we're going to be coming up with. Like, Mr. Deeds, he's not a loser. That's true, but maybe that's, again, the playing against type. That he's a, he's yeah, a rich he, loser. He's not a loser. He's really not a loser, I don't think. Because everybody loves him in Mr. Deeds. Because he's got money. Same with uh, Fifty First Dates. Everybody loves... No, everybody loves him without the money in Mr. Deeds. That oh, okay. is the important part. Okay, I haven't seen Mr. Deeds. He's, uh, he is it. a loser in... Big Daddy, but he's also kind of a cool loser. That he's like, yeah, Big Daddy. He's a slacker. Yeah, he's playing the um the Hugh Grant about a boy role. <laughs> I didn't think of Big Daddy as a as a pre-make to about a boy, but it is. <laughs> it is. It's the it same is. film. And yet, one is better than the other. Yeah, Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we'd get to it, but we won't. To be honest, if Big Daddy had Tony Collette in it, it would be unstoppable. It's funny that Sandler and Tony Collette have never worked together. It is funny. I think she knows better. I don't know. She was in Triple X Free Return of Xander Cage. Yeah, but Vin Diesel's in there. You can't turn down Vin Diesel. You can't turn down Sandler. Look at Julie Bowen. She went back twice. I know. It's so depressing. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to wrap up on Spade? Yeah, that's all I had to say. I, I just oh. find the I, I just find the the loser thing a bit interesting. Um, it's definitely because we talked. To, I, I mentioned the comedies that came out that year, uh, like Zoolander. Is he a loser? Not really. No, but he's a beautiful idiot. Yeah, that's his trope. That's the thing. I don't know what Spade. I could tell. I could, this is my problem with both. Bigelow, Deuce Bigelow and Joe Dirt is I couldn't really tell you what those characters are. I could actually kind of describe Little Nicky to you. Yeah. But those Deuce Bigelow and Joe Dirt are I don't know what they what, I don't really know what they want. I don't know who they are. I can't ex picture them existing without well, the realms of the movie. It's kind of like, well, with Joe Dirt, you 
you get a much better idea of what he wants. Kind of. Because he has he has, he has a goal. goal. He has a goal. Deuce Bigelow does not have a goal. Deuce <laughs> Bigelow doesn't have a goal. He, Joe Dirt has a goal, but to what end? Yeah. You don't... You don't it it it's drives just fine the plot. Parents. I don't know if it drives him. No, true. I mean... There's, mo- there's a lot of times in the film where he doesn't try and find his parents. That's true. There's large swathes <laughs> of the film where he doesn't do that. Um, yeah, all right. Well, now we're done with Spade. I never want to discuss him again. We will. Apart from- <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, any, like, stand-up... I mean, we've talked about dog testicles. That bit did stand out to me because um, it plays into my animal thing. Maybe There's no not quite. attacking animals in this one. Yes, well, there actually, there is. Yes, yeah. there is. Yes, there is. Obviously, forgot. there is. Forgot. I'd already brought it up. Oh no, it's a. Oh yes, yes, you had. Yes. Josh Pappenheim, <laughs> are you ready to come on down to play? Who is your favorite angry animal in a Happy Madison movie? Yay. Oh my god, I'm so happy to be back again, second week in a row. This is my favorite, Jack. I love you. Give me your sperm. <laughs> for babies no <laughs> um, Josh I have to ask you ranked against the angry polar bear mm. the angry fish yep. goldfish the world's deadliest goldfish the angry dog yep. and the extra one from little Nicky that's escaping my mind oh god what was that there was another one um, polar bear uh, oh, oh the, it was a giant bird. The, the sexually aggressive bird. Sexually aggressive bird from Little Nicky. Yeah. I believe your ranking so far was goldfish, yep. bird, polar mm. bear, dog. No, <laughs> it wasn't that. I can't remember. I wish I'd written it down. I remember but you I think defending the bird. <laughs> no, I think, but I think it was. Um, goldfish was definitely top. I'm actually writing this down now. Adam Sandler, animals. So, yeah, number one was Goldfish, the angry goldfish from uh, Deuce. Number two was the angry dog from Deuce. I remember your argument being that dogs are angry and birds aren't always angry. No, but my argument was that dogs can get angry, but they don't normally bite through doors. And, <laughs> and with it, the... the um, the knowledge that the woman had that he's done it before and has done and has not had it put down um that was one then it was the sexually aggressive bird sexually bird from little nicky and finally the polar bear because the polar bear is just doing what polar bears do That's you know right. um so there's actually two aggressive animals oh in, in this film i only noticed one well, it's, again, maybe because maybe you won't see it as aggressive in the way that I do. So obviously you've got the alligator because at some point, for plot reasons, Joe Dirt finds his finds his ways of an alligator farm and works there for a while. And um, while which... filming the scene where Joe Dirt sticks his head in an alligator's mouth, David Spade, the actor, quipped, "Glad I don't work in a zoo." That was from the press notes. Jesus Christ. What a what a wit he is. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful a raconteur he is. Glad I um, don't work in a zoo. Brilliant. So, yeah, he does that. And then, yeah, his head goes... He puts his head in the alligator's mouth and the alligator throws him around. And then afterwards, he's like, whoa, that was bad. Brilliant. 
The other one was when Joda is small, played by Dewey from Malcolm in the Middle. He's at some woman's house who has a dog who starts humping his leg and will not stop to the point that he goes like, how do you get this dog to stop? And the woman goes, I'll just let him finish. Which I would see, again, as an aggressive animal. A sexually aggressive animal. The second sexually aggressive animal in two Adam Sandler films. Um, And yeah, okay. All right, let's go rankings. So Goldfish Juice, Angry Dog, Deuce, uh, Sexual Bird, and then I'm slotting in... um, I'm starting in the sexual dog there at number four. Yeah. Tap, tap, tap. (laughs) I think it's got to be the alligator. Above the polar bear. Above the polar bear, because the polar, it's it's sort of implied that the polar bear just sort of swipes. It just sort of swipes a little Nicky and then he's gone. Whereas in this, the alligator like clamps his head down and then like flails him around a bit. So, you know, the, the alligator has more like agency. And you know, it's it's having more fun. It's still not good. Not and like it's still, the audience. Not like the audience. And it's still like a natural thing for an alligator to do. So that's why it's quite far down. But yeah, it's a so bad natural film. that he wished he didn't work at the zoo. Christ. Um yeah, a bad a bad film for uh for aggressive animals in my opinion. No strong showings. I wonder how long I'll keep doing that voice in that segment. I really like it. Uh, um, yeah, so thanks thanks for that. That was the show. Oh, wait, no. There's still more. There's still oh, what, more of the animals? Sk- oh, no. Oh, what? No, I'm ending. No, me as the contestant on the animal oh, show, yeah, I'm, no, walking, no, no. I'm walking off stage. If the voice has stopped, <laughs> we don't, we don't, that, that segment is over. Okay, good. Speaking of animals, though. Yep. This film kills a dog. Oh yeah, it does kill a dog, doesn't it? Which is like the biggest no-no in a movie, I think. Like, if you want the audience to like your movie, don't kill the lovable dog. I know that Joe Dirt doesn't kill him, but it's a really nasty scene where the dog is just shot. I can't even remember what the dog did. Oh, the dog didn't save the drunk guy from getting his leg trapped and hit by a train? Or gnawing yeah. his, or shooting his own leg off. Something like that. It doesn't really <laughs> explain. Turns uh, up without a leg. Played by the CIA guy from Goldeneye. Yeah. Which is exciting. What's his name? Joe John Baker? Is that Joe, his name? Joe Don Baker. Joe Don Baker. There we go. Great guy. Speaking of drunk the guys. The male Kathy Bates. Speaking of drunk guys in this movie, did you notice a cameo from another Adam Sandler movie? Oh, fuck who? Blake Clark. Uh, who appears in many an Adam Sandler film, reprises his role from The Waterboy. When Joe Dirt is looking for his parents' house, he asks Blake Clark for directions, uh, and he oh, okay. finds out that uh, they used to live there. Oh, that guy. Yeah, um, Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen The Waterboy. Um, so I did not pick up on that particular but hey, spicy trivia. Building that the SCU, the Cinematic Universe, it's going to happen. It's all there. They're, they're all peppered out. You guys, if you haven't watched Hubie Halloween, massive ties to the Cinematic oh Universe. A yeah. character we thought was long gone, right back in there, returned, returning. Yeah. Maybe it not, is not for any game. good reason. No, no, <laughs> none of this is for any good reason. Anyway, um, any other... Uh, 
I have lots of questions. Yeah, go on. Actually, that could be fun. Yeah, I was thinking, because basically my... Maybe I'll publish the notes somewhere, but like... I just got really, really sad all the way through. Um, one major theme for me, yeah. again, I just want to get it out there because, you know, I feel like it's going to become a fucking klaxon thing for Is this it podcast. That there's more rampant homophobia? Yes, <laughs> it's rampant homophobia. It's, I don't know why, but every group of people Joe Dirt meets immediately th- assume or call him gay, or rather queer is the word yeah. they use. They immediately say that he's queer. And attack the first thing him he, for it. And attack him. And the first thing he does is he goes, I'm not queer, then pumps his own arms, like gives him a little bash and goes, what do you think of these boys? Are they queer? And that's this, it. This is uh, David Spade's first likable character. <laughs> this is it. His first likable character. Not funny, but I do like the use of fists uh, when he says... You want to say that again? Why not speak into the microphone? I got a backup mic here. Check one, check two. I. It's not funny, but I like that as a concept as someone fighting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I like that, that and I because I used to like um in uh in recess, Spinelli would say, "Let me introduce you to Madam Fist." I always like <laughs> that's people, much better. I like people naming their uh, their hands. Yeah, uh, was, there's you. the one in League of Gentlemen when they're accusing Rishi Smith of jerking off and saying, "Have you been playing with Lady Palm and her five lovely daughters?" Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good shit. The microphone thing's okay because he's in a radio station. Speaking of, what did you think of the radio station wraparound? I have not finished with my homophobia. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get more. back to it. I have two more bits on the homophobia, which is. Uh, the culmination of the theme of homophobia. So the first thing that happens is Joe Dirt makes it... So after all the times he's been called queer and he uses his punchy thing, he makes a, he makes a really good friend, um, this Native American guy called... What's he called? Kicking, Kicking Wing. Because it sounds wing. like Chicken Wing. Fucking hell, man. Played by anyway. Adam Beach from Suicide Squad. Oh, cool. Who's he playing Suicide Squad? He plays the guy who's like superpower is ropes. <laughs> What a wild film. He's like Rope Master. He's the first guy. guy. He's he's the guy that proves that it's a Suicide Squad because they kill him straight away. Oh, good. Spoilers for one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Not compared to Joe Dirt. Adam Beach is in two of the worst movies I've ever seen. (laughs) That's true. What did this man do to God? Um, Anyway, so when he says goodbye to Kicking Wing, they have what is quite a nice hug just to say goodbye. And then immediately... Joe Dirt pushes away and is like, I'm not gay. So that's one thing. I mean, for me, as someone who hugs all of my friends quite a lot. Shouldn't be doing that in 2020. Oh yeah, no, that's true. As someone who at one point hugged all of my friends a lot and now obviously responsibly does the the elbow bump. If that, if not a Y5, I just found that really abhorrent. Um, Well, just before you go on to your last point on homophobia in this movie... Yeah, um, which I did. I noted down homophobia as well, <laughs> but not as in detail as you. I sort of just like, yep, it's here. So it's definitely an Adam Sandler production. Yeah. Uh, just on the subject of of kicking wing, there. If this film features possibly one of the worst special effects I've ever seen, at one point where kicking oh. wing is disintegrated when he gets um, Infinity Ward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Jerry looked like someone was deleting him off like a <laughs> dot matrix printer. It was really good. <laughs> there, um, there's that, and there's also a scene where I think young Joe, played by Dewey, uh, ties a firework to a cow's tail, and the cow's tail spins around and it just looks really bad. Yeah, it did look terrible. Also, I really thought that that sequence was going to be the cow farting and blowing up. Which didn't happen. Which is the perfect low-hanging shock joke. They're not going for low-hanging fruit in this. No, they're <laughs> going for this highly is the refined. First nice character that David Spade has ever played. He can't be going for low-hanging fruit. Oh, well, apart from that dog's low-hanging balls. Anyway, um... <laughs> also on that actually, just quickly again, yeah, those low-hanging balls. When it when they have removed it, you can see that that ball that dog has been neutered in the next moment. <laughs> Oh, can you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't check. Go back, that's, rewatch. That's good though, Matt. No, I'm never fucking touching this ever again. Um, yeah, actually, there's two more bits. Very quickly. So, yeah, at one point, Joe Dirt gets taken by Buffalo Bob. Um, oh, a I, fake um, Buffalo Bill knockoff. I wrote, uh, at the Silence of the Lambs scene, I decided I truly hated this movie. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't understand why it's there. Anyway, um, people it's really then... a 10-year-old reference. I know. <laughs> people then are really, like, nice to him because they think that he got sexually assaulted by Buffalo Bob. And he makes it very clear, like, oh, no, I'm not gay. I wasn't sexually assaulted by someone. Which is just the weirdest way <laughs> of of, refu- of saying, like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not a survivor in that way. Do you know what I mean? Like, his first thing is like, oh, if I got sexually... His first thought is, if I if people think that I've been sexually abused by Buffalo Bob, then they must think that I'm gay. Part of me wants to write this off as like, oh, well, it was 2001, and this is, unfortunately, the level of humour we had in 2001. But at the same time, I bring it up again, Zoolander came out this year, and Zoolander, whilst I can't... I don't... I wouldn't say it's a sort of pro... Well, not pro but not anti-lgbtq yeah it's very it's you know it's clearly playing with metrosexuality yes and it's very sort of open about like it's kind of cool it's kind of cool if you're gay in that yeah and this is let's also not forget this is two years after adam sandler (laughs) big daddy was nominated for a glad award for outstanding film how far has he fallen? Yeah, that's the thing. Is this this film is just like many other Adam Sandler films of this time. It is just like toxic masculinity. The movie where he can't even hug his friend without it being gay, in his opinion. Unless and gay is you, a bad thing. You've got your last rampant homophobia. Oh, it's just a tiny bit where. Um, oh, this might actually be the same guy you were talking about. The water, the water boy, water boy. The guy from the waterboat. Yeah, when he says, home is where you make it, but it comes out, I yeah, like to see same. homos naked. This is the same. same yeah, guy. and then David Spade just goes on and on, well, Joe Dirt just goes on and on about, I don't care if you like to see homos naked. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? It's anyway. A, it's, a, it's, it's an attempt at a joke. It's a misunderstanding. <laughs> It's a misunderstanding that's possibly a joke. I mean, yeah, the one that really stood out to me was when he was working on the oil rig and that guy beat him up for being gay on the oil rig. Yeah, that was good. Played by um, Sabretooth from yeah. X-Men. <laughs> oh, one year God. after X-Men. What, what wow, a career he, move. He's never done anything else, has he? 
I mean, no, he's done he, other things. He definitely me. has, because he was um, Rob Zombie's Same. Michael Myers in Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I haven't seen it. I yeah, it's rubbish. It, but nice. I tell you what, that's a better look at white trash people. Actually, any Rob Zombie movie is a better white trash yeah. <laughs> example than Joe Dunn is. This so, is truly abysmal. Going um, back to my question earlier, yes, what did you think of the radio station stuff? Very weird, isn't it? It's deeply weird. I don't understand what that guy's show is. That he was like, "I have four hours to fill. Let's bring the janitor in." So I guess he's like a morning shock jock. I guess. Yeah, he's played by I don't know Dennis Miller really as a comedian, but like he's he's a popular American comedian, right? who, according to IMDb Trivia, says he's never watched this film, but is glad that it gives him cachet with his kids' friends. Oh, he needs to fucking send his kids away to, like, <laughs> some sort of correctional facility. It's his kids' friends. Yeah, but, you know... His kids need the, better friends. His kid needs better friends. Yeah, I just... My, my question was, why did they keep having the radio show end to like break up the movie yeah more. what the fuck was just happening just have it all in one radio it's not like Forrest Gump waits at that bus stop gets on a bus and then gets off and sits next to someone else at a different bus stop and explains yeah. it it's not like it's. it was this weird thing that they like maybe the film was so short that they needed to add in extra time I guess they needed the bit well actually think about it the bit They're... where he calls Brandy yeah, you kind of maybe you, you just don't need that. Need space. that. You don't need. That. No, I know you don't need it, but I'm trying to think from their perspective why the fuck they did it. You also or maybe... have him sleeping in like the closet. Yeah, or maybe it. Get... Yeah, it's fucking weird. Which begs the question: Why the fuck did he drive into the station at the beginning if he sleeps in the closet? How long has he been working at the radio station? Well, this is another question because. Um, the first scene that happens is he's driving in a shit car and he meets the security guard who who knows his life story. And we're led to believe that he's never really talked to anyone around that place. So he must have been working there for a fucking long time and be really chatty with that guy for him to know that his hair is fake. And he makes a, he makes a comment that I didn't get right at the beginning, which was like, your parents must have really hated you to give you the name Joe Dirt. And in my head I was like, yeah, but the parents' names would be Dirt as well, surely. But, but then no. it's revealed. But then it's revealed that his parents had a different name and they gave him a different surname to them. Which I which really don't understand. I've never heard of that ever before. It's insanity. <laughs> they, gave, they gave his sister the same surname. Sister who we never meet. No. We think we might meet at one point. Yeah, but no, but then he just fucks her. And then it turns out not to be a sister and it's fine. I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, same. same. Um, also, yeah, I found it weird with the radio stuff that they kind of... Or not weird, because I guess, you know, oh, if they're weird. going for this... Well, yeah, obviously it's weird. But they're going for this, he's like a folk hero type thing. They do the Truman Show thing. With of, people listening. Yeah, with people listening. Including, I think, I have not confirmed, but I think... The snail lip, snail nipple lady from Juice Bigelow. I think she's in one of those uh-huh. uh, vignettes. <laughs> what a horrible way to describe. I thought the snail nipple lady. I thought Molly Shannon was one of them at one point, <laughs> but uh, oh, that'd be sad. I I don't think it was because I haven't seen her credited in this movie. <sighs> Unless she's had it scrubbed out. Um, yeah, no, I really hated it. I really hated it. <laughs> I really, yeah, I hated all the radio stuff. I guess also maybe they're trying to 
Because, you know, no one becomes as famous as Joe Dirt does by the end, spoilers, over the course we, of four spoilers hours. Spoilers go about... Oh, yeah, true. Sorry, spoilers, obviously, for Joe Dirt. Um, yeah, because we're meant to believe that the radio show is four hours long. That's what he says at the beginning. He goes, how am I going to fill these four hours? No one would get as famous as Joe Dirt does by the end over the space of four hours. So I guess what I they're trying they to could. do... Well, maybe, but it Every, seems more Everybody likely. listens to this show. Apparently. Yeah, but but I think it makes it honestly. I think it makes it more believable that it happens over three days. And you know, the first day, some people are listening. They tell all their friends about this fucking Joe Dirt guy. They listen, and then by the third day, it becomes like a phenomenon. Do you I know guess what I mean? This film does deal with a lot of believability. <laughs> oh, God. Would you listen to the Xander Kelly show? I'd listen to it if Joe Dirt was on it. No, you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, you... absolutely not. No, I wouldn't listen to it. It just sounds shit. The whole thing is just like, even when he's interviewing him, I mean, I get that he's a shock jock, but he's just laying into him for, again, being gay, I think. Yeah, he um, has that bit where Joe is remembering, like, walking down the tracks, listening to, like, his Led Zeppelin, and he's like, no, you'd be listening to Leave Garrett, and then it cuts <laughs> and it shows you, like, Joe dressed in effeminate clothing, dancing to Leave Garrett. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> I was just like, this, you don't need a joke like that there. I mean, you don't need a joke like that anywhere, but but why? Is it funny? No. To some people, yes, but I don't want to meet <sighs> Yeah. <sighs> Look, Are there any other stand-up moments for you? I just, I, yeah. um, I just don't have anything. No, I don't. I, I mean, we meet his parents, played by Fred Ward and Caroline Aaron. In this version, yeah. Yeah, in this version. Do you, we can talk about that. Let's talk about that now. Well, we could just quickly, like, I just want to say on this, but like, I just, I'm having a weird thing with Caroline Aaron this year. She is my um, most watched actor on uh, Letterboxd. I have never heard of her. What else, what else have you watched that she's in this year? Uh, this year, I have also watched You've Got Mail, which she pops up right. in. Uh, Big Night. Don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, everybody likes Big Night. Uh, is it Jim- Night with a KN? Or- oh, Big Night is a fantastic movie directed by Stanley Tucci, starring Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub as two Italian brothers running a restaurant. Oh, fun. It's really good. It's on Netflix. It's worth watching. Please do. Sounds good. Uh, what else did I watch Caroline Aaron in this year? Lucky Numbers of John Travolta and Lisa Kudrow. Christ, you watch very different films to what I've watched. You, you you should get on the Caroline Aaron train. I mean, she's in lots of. She's in Edward Scissorhands. She's in Sleeps in Seattle. Okay. She's in uh, Along Came Polly. That's the other thing I watched her in this year. Hmm. Twenty One Jump Street. She oh, plays uh, Jonah Hill's mom. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess she's just from from the sounds of it, she's one of those bit part actors who is like you probably recognise from loads of things, but I was not. Yeah engaged enough i only really think i'm engaged with her because i just keep seeing her at the top of my most watch she's right in front of adam sandler (laughs) god (laughs) yeah my letterbox is letterboxed is fucked for this year because i did the i rewatched or watched for the first time for many of them all of the mcu films so my letterbox stats are just fucking awful (laughs) mine are a mix of this this podcast so far and what I've watched for blank check, so... <laughs> All podcast related. Yeah. I have no will of my own anymore. 
So, yeah, on the Caroline Aaron and Fred West. Fred West? Jesus. Caroline <laughs> that Aaron. That would be a movie. I'd really be into that. Uh, Caroline Aaron and Fred Ward of it all. Um, did you see the throwaway line on the Wikipedia that is that they weren't originally meant to be played by the the, the parental So on IMDb, because it's different on Wikipedia than what it says on IMDb. Oh, okay. Interesting. On IMDb, it says that Roseanne Barr and uh, Gary Busey were in the roles to play his parents, but Roseanne disappeared and then terminated her contract just before filming was to begin. Wow. That's not what I've got. What have you got? I've got Joe Dirt's parents were originally played by Roseanne Barr and Gary Busey, but the director felt Roseanne's star power in particular was too distracting. Which sounds like pure insanity. I mean... It makes much more sense that maybe Roseanne Barr read the script and went, fucking no, (laughs) I'm not doing this. Because it would have been at the time where Roseanne wasn't crazy. Yeah. So the show would have only just been over? Mm, I don't really know anything about Roseanne Barr. I know the name. Four years over, so... Oh, I tell you what. Like, yeah, Roseanne now is a terrible, awful person. Those early seasons of Roseanne are incredible. Yeah? Yeah. Some of the best, like, sitcom stuff ever made. Mmm. Big words. And, you know, it's where John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf came from. Yeah, true. Goodman's so good in it. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a very... I don't know. I would have probably preferred this if it had... Roseanne Barr and Gary Busey. Well, at least it would have been something. Like some jewel of hope that comes out at the end and you go, I recognise Gary Busey. Oh, and shit, is that Roseanne Barr? Fuck. Instead of Jack recognising Caroline Aaron because of Letterboxd. Yeah, exactly. And me going, oh, I kind of know Fred Ward, but and vaguely confused him with that other guy who died earlier Fred Willard. Yeah, Fred Willard. And going, oh, I wish this was Fred Willard. Here's the question. Yeah. Why does his dad have a mullet? Oh, I don't fucking know. Because it's, his it's... David Spade's mullet is a wig that has grown into his skull. <laughs> <laughs> Why um, does his dad have a mullet? I just don't know. I, I wonder... Because this film is stupid. It doesn't have any rules. I it do, doesn't make any sense. I do wonder. So um, people who know me will know that... I, I exclusively date American women. <laughs> so true. Uh, sorry if sorry to any of my ex girlfriends who are British, few and far between the you. Well, are. that's why they're exes. Yeah, uh, but I've had ex girlfriends who have talked about this movie in high regard. Not high regard, but like, oh, that's a funny movie. No, <laughs> and I do wonder. If we really are just missing the joke because we're not American and we don't get the white trash of it all. Yeah, but like, we have the equivalent of white trash in the UK. I mean, obviously the term white trash is bad. Um, It's kind of like, well, actually, to be fair, you know, the, the white trash show of the UK, I would say, is shameless. Yes. And... Which is now so popular that it had to be remade in the US to feature their version of White Trash, and nobody in the UK watches the US version of Shameless. No. 
But did the Americans watch the UK version of Shameless? That's Probably what, not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that we have two different versions of White Trash. If there was a British remake of Joe Dirt, would it be Ali G in the house? No, it'd be the Brothers Grimsby. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> that's what it'd be. Which and the I Brothers Grimsby seen. is still shit. <laughs> God. Like, even Brothers Grimsby has some, like, fucking Freddy Got Fingered shit in it, which makes it way better immediately, even though it's bad. But I did I... I'm not saying that this movie's good, but I'm just really saying I don't think it's made for you and me. Yeah, no, it's and, true. And I, I wonder, you know, if we were American, if we enjoyed that kind of stuff, maybe, yep. maybe Joe Dirt is a fun movie, you know? Oh, there's another fantastic accent going Chicken. out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I I can see that. That maybe it's just a complete section of society that we are fundamentally cut off from. But, uh, yeah. But also, oh, I don't know. Maybe it is like Shameless because, you know, like, Shameless does have the sort of scandalous, like, oh, look at these, look at these, uh, in uh, quotation marks, chavs doing these things. Isn't this outrageous? But then it does have a real streak of, like, humanity running through it. Which yeah, this, is, this, this of, is that sans humanity. Yeah, but I feel like, um, you know, with the quote of like, this is the nice guy that I've played, or this is the first nice guy that I've played. Like, he is trying to inject that humanity, but he's just doing it in such a stupid way. He's so passive in this movie. Yeah, as well. I know. He he's really just a any... passenger in the movie. Like, he doesn't make Forrest any choices. Gump. Yeah, true. Um, it's a big gump thing. Does Forrest make choices? No. I feel like, no, he doesn't ever, does he? That's the whole thing about Forrest Gump. He just sort of... He is that feather in the wind. Oh, God, what a metaphor. Yeah, true. Well, he makes a choice at the end. He runs to go and find Jenny. That's true. Well... He runs to go and find Jenny. Joe makes a similar decision. It's the same film, man. Actually, no, he doesn't make a similar decision. He wakes up (laughs) after... Oh, yeah, no, he goes to potentially commit suicide. And then... And then uh, What's-A-Face comes and finds... What is her name? Uh, Brandy. Brandy. Brandy comes and finds they make Don't true. they make references to Brandy the song? Maybe. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Oh, maybe. I think they do. Maybe. <laughs> I only really know that song from the soundtrack to Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So. Mm. Um, I will say this. Best thing I can say for the film. Quite a good soundtrack. Well, it starts off with what? Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. That's exciting. You got some Blue Oyster Cult on there. You got some Cheap Trick, Dave Matthews Band, which is exciting. <laughs> As a big Dave head, <laughs> yeah, like you are, big Dave head, George Clinton. Yeah, like it's just got like a, a kind of solid metal soundtrack, which is like, oh yeah, all right, I can get on board with this. Yeah, it's it's a very I'm like... a big metal head. I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> it's true, but you know, I've show tunes you. and metal. <laughs> I've seen you at Download Festival. Yeah, no, but it's kind of like it's that very specific kind of rock, isn't it? It is the it's the uh, quote unquote white trash rock, isn't it? Well, speaking of, we have quote unquote white trash rocker Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Fuck it out. Oh yeah, I've got some I've got some fun trivia from tfutropes.org. Okay. Uh, Kid Rock plays a character named Robbie. Kid Rock's real name is Robert. <laughs> so he's playing himself. <laughs> he's playing himself. Isn't that exciting? 
His character is awful, obviously. He's just like a guy who's uh, aggressively homophobic and then goes, I'm going to marry Brandy. (laughs) And that's it. That's all he does. I didn't realise Rosanna Arquette was uncredited in this movie. As who? She's the woman he's with at the alligator. Oh, the alligator farm. (laughs) Who kind of becomes like one of his new friends in in the town. What is the, the town called again? Silvertown. Silvertown. That's a, that's a weird part of this movie as well. Like everyone's just like that town you talk about, Joe. Sounds real nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cougar Town. They keep go- We'll all go to Cougar Town. It sounds great. It's, like, it's just a shitty town. It's just a normal town. But everyone's like, "Well, that town, the way you describe it, Joe. And you never hear Joe really talk about it. No, he must just go, oh yeah, there's this girl I really like there. Also, a dog got its nuts frozen to a to a plank. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, it's a shithole. Uh, anyway. I, <sighs> I think we should move on. Yeah, I think the, the biggest um, talking point for this film... It's Christopher Walken. Well, shall we get to MVPs and LVPs? Well, I suppose what I... This is something I actually really wanted to look up and I fucking didn't before. (laughs) But um, what the fuck was going on in Christopher Walken's life at the time that he's in this film? Walken's someone who won't turn down a role. Do you think? Yeah. Like two years after this, he was in like Kangaroo Jack and Gigli. And he's in that yeah. movie that's number one at the US box office now, The War with Grandpa. I don't even and know I, what that is. <laughs> I just think Walken is someone who will never say no to a paycheck. That's true. I'm just looking at the stuff he's done around Joe Dirt, and he's in The Prophecy 3, The Ascent, yeah, he's which in was all a direct-to-DVD film. The Opportunists, I've never heard of that. The Affair of the Necklace, no idea. And America's Sweethearts, which I have heard of. I've seen that. It's very bad. <laughs> it looks yeah, terrible. Yeah, next year he's in the Country Bears. Which and is Catch the... Me If You Can. Yeah. It's one of my, so my favourite Spielberg film. It is my favourite Spielberg film. Yeah, it's great. No, genuinely, it's my favourite Spielberg film. It's mine film. too. That's good. <laughs> the, uh, but the, have the you best. seen The Country Bears? No, I don't even know what that is. It's an adaptation. Oh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> that was the exact moment I clicked on the Wikipedia page and saw the poster. It's an adaptation of the Disneyland ex- uh, experience ride, the Country Bear Jamboree. Jesus Christ. Uh, the big thing. Oh, so this was the precursor to um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, this is a year before Pirates of the Caribbean and two years before. Oh, no, is it? No, it's just a year before the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Oh, um, Christ. When they were like, what the fuck do we do now? <laughs> Only one of these movies was a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. It wasn't The Country Bears. Uh, the Country Bears has Christopher Walken at the end just yelling, I'll get you, bears! <laughs> <laughs> He's the baddie. Mm. Um, two things with Christopher Walken happen in this film that I never thought I'd see Christopher Walken do. Uh, the one is where Joe Dirt. Um, Dirty talks him into getting an erection while he's lying under a sheet, pr- supposed to be dead. Yeah, that was exciting. That's a moment. That was a moment. And um, I, I hope we're going to bring up what is my favorite moment in the movie. 
what is the second moment? I feel like mad. I feel like I've gone mad because I had it a second ago. In For my me, head. so this is the best part of the movie. It's just like twenty seconds, if that, of walking dancing in a hallway. Oh yeah, no, that was good. Doing that's... the no, but that was actually quite enjoyable. Yeah, no, him I'm doing the weapon that... of choice dance. It's, it's, it's not the weapon of choice. Dance, I know, but it's it's dancing. It, it, it's the best part of the film. Yes, it is honestly. The only moment in the film where I sort of perked up, I was like, oh, maybe the film will be all right from now on. Now that the <laughs> in it, except that's like the penultimate scene of this. That's the power of walk and dancing. <laughs> yeah, just. Um, um, I never thought I'd see Christopher Walken threaten to stab Kid Rock in the face with a soldering iron. I don't even remember it happening. But it happens right at the end. <laughs> it was my last note of the film. So I think, like, goes without saying, Walken is my MVP of this movie. Because he's the mm. only real person in it who is entertaining in a way. Yeah. Although. You're going to give it to the alligator. <laughs> no, it's a toss up for me between Christopher Walken, who I think is doing a phenomenal job with terrible, terrible, um, not footage, material, terrible material, and Jamie Presley. We haven't talked about Jamie Presley. I don't think we really need to give it that much time, but she just plays a sort of another... She basically plays her My Name is Earl character. Yeah. Who um, might be Joe's sister, but isn't. But they bang. Joe essentially forces her to commit incest for a while. Um, Which is then weirdly referenced on the radio show, where they're like, oh my god, what did you do? And he's like, ah, I'm just kidding you. Yeah, but he's a, he only says he's kidding on the second one. He banged her the first time <laughs> with, without knowing that she wasn't his sister. And then it's only the second time when it's a fetish that he goes no. So he's very happy to possibly force it. Anyway. Um, I, I get I get you giving it to her. I don't remember enough of her in this movie to give her my MVP. The, 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 the the most standout thing for me is definitely yeah no it is walking because she doesn't she doesn't like elevate the material she just does she I does. guess huh she was nice it was nice that she showed up I like Jamie Presley yeah no she's really good but like this is a very she's doing exactly what is required for that role is what I'm saying whereas Christopher Walken is still doing only what's required but it's just exciting seeing Christopher Walken do it and like commit you know what I mean yeah like, I never get... It It never looks like, even though it must have been torture, it never looks like he wants to be anywhere else. Yeah, no, I get also, that. Also, fun cameo from Bobby Bacala from The Sopranos. <laughs> very, very briefly. Which is exciting. That could have been your MVP. He could have. Oh, yeah, it could have been. But it's not. Because <laughs> he was only on screen for, I would say, five seconds before he gets murdered. Well, oh, it was quite easy to pick an MVP. Who would you pick as your LVP? Uh... There's so many people to choose from. And I have one. You know what? I'm going to go with me. <laughs> I'm going to call... The audience. <laughs> the audience. The audience is the LVP because all of us, myself included, fucking paid to see this film, <laughs> which then led to a sequel we are the dirt. We are enabling this, you know, evil triumphs when good people stand by and do nothing. We could have not. <laughs> we could have not. All of us could have not seen this film. Um, and yet, the undeniable attraction of pure trash, of pure white trash. <laughs> so it's our fault. It's our fault. 
Well, all of this is our fault. Josh, you've picked a um, you've picked a more uh, uh, out there one than I have this. Yes, week. I did it. Uh, I have, and I feel kind of bad about this. Brittany Daniel is my LVP. Really? Yeah, I thought she was weak. I, I just, and it's you know it is partly due to the fact that she has nothing written for her. Yeah, but I just. There's a reason I feel like I haven't seen Brittany Daniel in, it, in anything else. I just thought she was atrociously bad in this movie. Yeah, she was someone that I really felt like I recognised, but I cannot put my finger on what from. Well, I don't know if you were like me, and maybe some Saturday mornings you caught Sweet Valley High. <laughs> no, I didn't. And I never watched Dawson's Creek, as you know. I Oh, no, I did. I did realise where I knew her from. And, oh god, um, I forgot she's in Dawson's Creek. She's actually okay in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> what happened here? I remember where she's from. She's she Eve. plays. She's in. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and she plays Carmen. Yes, she does. Uh, the trans woman that that Mac uh, occasionally Mac, sleeps with. Mac occasionally bangs. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Um, um, yeah. No, I can see that. As I a just. Choice. Yeah, I really didn't like her in this movie. I and. As she is a dr- one of the driving forces for Joe Dirt, <laughs> he has many. It it just didn't really work for me in the film. I mean, it would be easy for me to say that uh, Spade is my LVP in this one, yeah. but you know, it's his most likable character he's <laughs> ever played. You can't hold that against him. He's just so likable. I mean, the, yeah, the cast is weak. You don't want to give it to either Richard Real or Stephen Brill? I was very excited when Richard Real turned up. <laughs> I knew you would be. I was like, oh my god, he's back to give us some more magic. There's a lot of people, like, you know, um, both of Chris Farley, R.I.P.'s uh, brothers, pop up in this movie. Yeah. Um, Blake Clark is reprising his role from The Waterboy. Uh, we've also got Kevin Nealon is a guy who runs uh, a garage. Yeah. Credited, I believe, as as greasy mechanic. <laughs> and then also uncredited. Did you know, <laughs> who else is close to LVP is Dennis Miller, who is, again, as I say, a comedian who's well-liked, and I just hated everything in that radio station. Yeah, but I feel like that's, that is 100% the material he's been given. Yeah. Unless... Unless we find out one day that this was he, completely, he <laughs> yeah, it's all ad libs. Fred, I can't Wolf, imagine it would be Fred Wolf who co-wrote the movie with uh, Spade. Um, he plays the producer of the radio show. He's pretty rubbish, and yep. he'll return as a director later on in our Happy Madison run through. Oh, I cannot wait! I have a little weird fact about this movie. Go on. So this is a uh, Columbia picture made over. At Columbia Studios. The film was originally set up at Warner Brothers. Wow. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What happened? The film was originally set up at Warner Brothers, where Spade had just made for them uh, a rom-com called Lost and Found, which I think they were expecting big things from and then was a massive flop. Right, I see. But when it was set up at WB, the WWWWB. Yeah. It was with a pay-or-play contract for Spade. I don't know what that means. That means that Spade gets paid 
Yeah. <laughs> the even, spade gets paid. The spade gets paid even if the movie doesn't get made. What? The spade gets paid even if the movie's not made. My the, god, he's done it. The poison's in the pestle with the oh, fucking <laughs> The spade gets paid even if the movie's not made. <laughs> I'm very excited by that. Um this might mean that Spade has been paid twice. <laughs> so this movie. Well, three times. Three times he's been paid to play well, Joe Dirt. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's insanity. <laughs> I don't know if the fact that Warner Bros. put it in turnaround, meaning that it, that when Columbia picked it up, he, they took the pay-and-play contracts. But, I don't know, I would feel like he definitely would have made some money from both studios. People oh, were desperate for Spade. People really wanted the Spade, man. Yeah, speaking of, um, I'd just very quickly like to talk about... Because, you know, I, I'm very aware... I mean, you've you've got the Metacritic score up there, haven't you? It's like, what, 10%? It's Rotten Tomatoes is uh, 10%. Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I've got the Metacritic up, which is 20. But that's obviously the critics. The people, however, really fucking love this film. Or at it's least... a film of the people, Josh. It's a film of the people. It's a populist film. It's a populist masterclass. Every American woman I've dated is a big Joe Dirthead. It's insane. Yeah, it's got a 6 rating on IMDb, 6 out of 10, which is just insanity. Even more insane to me when I was buying it, or rather renting it, because, yeah. 4.7 out of 5 on Amazon. I wouldn't 4. trust the out of ratings. Five. Well, no, I want to read you a couple of reviews. <clears throat> Before you do, can I just quickly say, when I told a girl who I've been seeing lately that we're covering this movie, she quoted lines of it to me. No. Yeah. I cannot imagine. What what lines? Um, Your name's Dirt. Don't try and church it up. Right. I think that's the, that's the one that I remembered. That comes quite early in the movie when he tries to present himself as Joe... Dirtois? Dirtay. Dirtay. Awful. Um, okay, I've got two opposing reviews. Not opposing in terms of, like, they, they both give it four and five stars. Um, the best film I have seen, coming out of old Hollywood in years, there is no anti-American stuff in this, or overuse of vulgarities, and no targeting characters to appeal to certain social justice warriors. So great. The story is simple. A guy coming out of adversity keeps going and going until he gets a better life. He has a decent heart, which carries him through. One person found this helpful. So that's one. Um, Another one kind of similar. A great little film for a night in. Clean too. Not too much smut for in front of the kids. Joe is a good guy, but moulded into the loser role. He is not your everyday loser, though. Joe has the ability to make friends and win people over. Through the medium of a radio show, Joe's Joe's story Joel's, is told Joel's, Joel's Joel's story is Joel's. told to the viewer and the nation. Eliciting derision, but eventually adulation. Joe holds down many jobs in the search for his parents who lost him at the Grand Canyon aged eight. Great part from Chris Walken. Mopar fans will like this movie. Seems the screenwriters were Mopar fans too. I don't know what Mopar is. A very silly road trip Mopar? of a film. Motion Papture. Oh, Motion Papture's. Um, a very silly road trip of a film. In the end, Joe gets the goal and all his friends help him out. Yeah. 
what I'm picking up from both of the well, what I found interesting about both of these is that they um they both pick up on how there's like not very much swearing or smut in this. Which there is. There's a little yeah. I mean it's a film well, there's the where balls. like there's the balls and there's you know, he's covered in shit at one point. Yeah, but it's which like, was Roger know. Ebert's big complaint about this film. So, really? Well, he was just like the act of being covered in shit isn't funny in itself, but the film mistakes it for being so. That's true. <laughs> it's quite yeah. That bit is incredibly bad. I'd forgotten. Um, and also the stuff about like oh, there's nothing anti-American in it or SJWE. Is this the film of Trump? <laughs> is this the Trump film? Is it one of those things in which? Um... It's supposed to be making fun of white trash culture and then has become sort of the flag for that culture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it could have done. Like how Ali G was sort of adapted by people who then thought he was cool. Yes, 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 yes. That <laughs> feels... That does feel right. But I guess it's because, yeah, it's... I don't even know if it is taking the piss... It's like a loving piss take of white trash culture because obviously he's made him as the most likable character he's ever played. Yeah, I mean, the poster calls him a hero. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, what was it? Larry the Cable Guy? The comedian. Is that it? He had a film. He did. Didn't he? Yeah. It's that kind of vibe, isn't it? It's the... White trash. It's the Mickey Flanagan of it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mickey Flanagan, Poor the Mickey Joe Flanagan. Dirt of the UK. <laughs> Our former boss, Mickey Flanagan. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have much left to say on this movie. I'm afraid. No, I kind of want to fucking nip it in the bud. But apart from to say that we we'll be back. We can't nip it in the bud because we've got a sequel coming up. Yeah. Can I ask you? So you, I, I'm aware that you know nothing about this sequel. I know absolutely fuck all. I've watched the trailer. Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> I watched the trailer for both this film and... and th- This film's trailer presents the title as The Adventures of Joe Dirt. That's way fun. Oh, that was one thing I thought while watching actually was... Um, I'd been talking to um, a friend about The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. <laughs> and you want more films to be called The Adventures of something? Yes, or rather that, you know, I like those sort of rambling adventure like big fish big fish is one of my favorite tim burton films i think that's because it has that sort of rambling the adventures of big fish the adventures of big fish as played by ewan mcgregor (laughs) and then albert finney um and then a cgi fish yeah uh so i i want to know what you think is going to happen in joe dirt 2 because we i asked you this on juice bigelow as well i asked you whether you think his wife will still be in the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious what you think is going to happen in Joe Dirt 2. I know. Uh, when did Joe Dirt 2 come out? 2015. Yeah. Good 14 years in between. <laughs> the people were begging for it. Um, the people were. Apparently Chris Walken really lobbied for the sequel. No. Which might spoil that Chris Walken is in the sequel. Obviously, well, I would assume that if Chris Walken were in the first one, he'd be in the sequel. Um, at the very least, as a cameo. Um, I'm going to say that the wife is no longer in the picture because that's kind of what Sandler-backed films like to do with sequels. Apart from Grown Ups 2, but that's like a nice family film. Um, but, you know, it happens in certain other Yeah, no, they, they, they ditch the female character so they can introduce a younger one. Yeah, classic. Um... 
I'm going to say he... Because obviously he's famous, but he's probably gone off the grid for a while. I think... 14 years later. 14 years. I think something's going to happen to Silvertown and he's going to go into politics. Oh, man. And I think it's going to be a sort of populist uprising type thing. Like a like a Trumpy. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I wish you wrote Joe Dirt too. <laughs> no. You know what no. the subtitle for it is? Oh, I have seen it. It's called like Beautiful Loser or yeah, something? Yeah, Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. Yeah, there we go. Okay, yeah, I wish you wrote Joe Dirt 2. Um, no. <laughs> it wouldn't have been good. We, we'll get yeah. to it next year. <laughs> it is i'm gonna oh, tell you right now it's not about what you think it is oh it's, okay it goes down a path that is unexpected for sure but not interesting oh, i haven't seen it i've just seen the trailer um <laughs> i like that i'm just on a timedb page now and the top user review says i saw this movie for free and i still want a refund <laughs> uh, oh, i really can't wait well Mr. Pappenheim. That was Joe Dirt. That was Joe Dirt. I'm so happy I never have to watch it again, man. I think you should rewatch it before we watch Joe Dirt too. No, so I definitely will, but enough time will have passed. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to say, I don't think things are going to get better next week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I just want a win I just want to get to the Paul Blarts of this world where I have opinions and have laughs, I just want to get to Hubie Halloween, I just want to get to... I do love that you're you're so much a fan of the later Happy Madison stuff, well I'm kind of more interested in the era we're about to enter into. No, to be honest like, I I am really interested in this stuff, because these are all the films that I've seen or like in the old days, I saw on blockbuster walls and went, I don't ever want to fucking watch that. And now you before are. before I got to uni, or slash before I discovered alcohol and decided it was actually quite fun to watch bad films when you're drunk or stoned. I don't drink. That's true, but I did as a teenager. I do. I continue to now, and you know these films have a purpose. But these are ju- these are just ones that I never got round to. Yeah, so well, I'm excited. You're getting that. Like, I'm I like the 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 mid two thousands era of Sandler is definitely something that I'm like oh God. I was telling you earlier that I'm very excited to jump into anger management. Yes, a film I have not seen. Um, okay, so yes, next week is the animal. Back on back to Rob, Rob Schneider back in the building, baby. Back to you know this was a week without an Adam Sandler cameo, so. You know, hopefully we'll get something from Snyder. I think from from Sandler next week. Uh, (sighs) Josh. Yeah, I'm very excited. uh, If people want to contact us, they can do. They can. They can email us at truehapmad at gmail.com. Yeah. They can tweet us at truehapmad or Instagram us at the same handle. They can tag us on their Instagram stories at truehapmad. We should definitely get some Giphy stickers. Oh, definitely. We'll make some. (laughs) <laughs> uh if you if you're watching if you're watching along we'd love to see your setup for for the animal post that up on the instagram stories oh yeah that'd be really nice uh <laughs> show us your corn your popping corn you can find me at jfg and digital 3d across most multiple platforms josh where can people find you um <laughs> they can find me at p-a-p-s-b-y that's at papsby like gatsby but Papsby uh, on Twitter, Instagram, basically all of them, to like, be honest. Like Mopap. 
Like Mopop. <laughs> it was Mopar. 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 I don't know what it motion means. Mopar. Motion capture. No. What does it fucking mean? Mother Papa. Oh, it's something to do with cars. Motor parts. <laughs> oh. Okay, cool. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been... I mean... You know what? The film was terrible, but I've actually really enjoyed talking about it with you. Yeah, I, so... I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm in the same realm. <laughs> I guess. Everybody oh, out okay. there, have a good week. We'll get back to you with the animal. And as always, what a horse shit! <laughs> <laughs> okay, love you, bye.